Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Tuesday, September 10th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Forestry is Louisiana's number one agricultural industry. We'll check in with Louisiana Forestry Association's Buck Vandersteen coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. Farmers can sign up for the new disaster program starting this Wednesday, the 11th. Gary Crawford has more from Washington. Last year it was the WHIP program, the Wildfire Hurricane Indemnity Program for Farmers. Now, with Congress adding this year's losses to it, officials are calling it... The WHIP Plus Program. Plus, Richard Fordyce runs the USDA's Farm Service Agency, telling reporters Monday at a special phone hookup, eligible growers can start signing up for this disaster program this week, Wednesday the 11th. However, there are some aspects of the $3 billion program not set in stone yet, such as how to handle prevented planting losses. Those provisions are not completed yet at this point. Um, but expect to have some announcement on the prevent plant provision of the legislation here very soon. And by soon, Fordyce says that means to him maybe... You know, a week or two. That's just his impression. He says, under WIP Plus, eligible producers with 2018 disaster losses will get payments amounting to 100% of the payment calculation, but initial payments for 2019 will be half the calculated amount to make sure that Dorian and future 2019 disasters don't drain the $3 billion appropriation. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. The latest crop condition report is out, and it shows that cotton bowls are opening ahead of schedule this year, especially on the East Coast in those areas that were grazed by Hurricane Dorian. We see the number of bowls open in North Carolina, for example, 40% in South Carolina, that number 56%, although admittedly most of the acreage is west of the area affected by Dorian. In Virginia, 41% of the bowls open. Some of the crop there was hit by rain and wind. That's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, who says nationally 43% of bowls are open. That is well ahead of the average pace of 38%. Overall cotton condition, tumbling a bit. Uh, We saw the uh, good to excellent rating go from 48% a week ago to the current number of 43%. The very poor to poor rating increasing from 15% a week ago to 18%. And while the cotton crop seems to be ahead of schedule this year, he says the rice harvest is moving behind schedule. The rice harvest advancing to 30% complete during the week ending September 8th. It was very favorable and hot uh, for rice harvest. Still behind the five-year average of 37% and last year's 39%. But um, crops have been playing some catch-up there since the wetness of the spring. Overall rice condition as the season winds down, generally steady, 69% good to excellent. That is down a point. 6% very poor to poor. That's up a point. And that leaves this year's crop rated just slightly below last year, 75% good to excellent and 4% very poor to poor. Looking at the Louisiana Crop Progress and Condition Report, dry weather allowed Louisiana farmers to get into the fields last week and make good progress on the 2019 harvest. The report released on Monday shows that soybean harvest is now 23% complete. However, that is still well behind the 38% five-year average pace. Cotton harvest is getting started on a very limited basis, with 1% of the cotton crop now harvested. 
Sweet potato harvest here in Louisiana is well underway. 14% of the sweet potato crop now harvested, and farmers are optimistic about this year's potential. Todd O'Neill is with Black Gold Farms in Delhi. The crop this year really looks good. It's uh, We've got a good set uh, and hope, hoping to uh, harvest a good yield out of that. Sweet potato ratings here in the state show 67% of the crop rated good, 33% rated fair, and none of the crop rated in the poor or very poor categories. Soybean condition ratings stack up like this, 8% rated excellent, 63% good, 26% fair, and 3% poor. Sugarcane ratings show 11% of the crop rated in the excellent category, 56% good, 28% fair, and 5% poor to very poor. The cotton crop continues to look good with 8% of the crop rated excellent, 63% good, 26% fair, and only 3% rated in the poor category. The Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry is taking over Lakeland Grain in Winsboro. Ag Commissioner Mike Strain explains. Yesterday, I gave the order that we are going to place Lakeland Grain in Winsboro into receivership. Uh, I will be there tomorrow meeting with the farmers at 1 o'clock at Lakeland Grain. And that it is provided in the law uh, in the case where the, they are unable to meet their commitments then I, as commissioner, must step in and basically uh, run the elevator, make sure the farmers get paid, and then once uh, everything, the farmers have been paid, then release the elevator back to Lakeland Grain. So we're going through the formal process of that today, and so I have inspectors and I have personnel there at Lakeland Grain, and we are going through the process. We will be meeting with farmers tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Lakeland Grain, in Winsboro. Strain says that all farmers who have done business with Lakeland Grain will get paid. Everyone is working together. Uh, you know, the Ader family that, that runs Lakeland Grain, they're working with us to the best extent that they can. Uh, also, uh, the banks have been working with Concordia Banks on that particular issue, and we will continue to work together with everyone until we can get uh, resolution and, of course, uh, we'll be meeting with the farmers uh, to that effect. Strain says he's using the Louisiana Cotton and Grain Indemnity Fund set up several years ago to handle this situation. One of the good things is that a number of years ago we passed the Louisiana Cotton and Grain Indemnity Fund and we made adjustments to the self-insurance fund. And we were the first state in the union to do such a thing, uh, to create a cotton and grain indemnity fund for the purpose of uh, paying farmers and then use that as a way to cash flow in these particular situations because you know if a farmer doesn't get paid for his brain uh, his grain then that could put them into bankruptcy and then it, it just goes through it then the banks don't get paid and so everything so this is the farmers money that the farmers put up this is not general tax dollars the farmers put up one twenty-fourth of one percent of the total value of all grain and cotton sold into the to this trust fund to be used for this purpose and then uh, again and that is something that we've worked hard and the, the system does work that's a look at some of the latest news headlines in louisiana agriculture remember you can always check our website voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com we update it every weekday with all the latest news and happenings in our state's agricultural industry while you're there sign up for our daily e-newsletter it's called the daily voice 
Click the button in the middle of the home page, fill out your name and email address, and we'll send you the Daily Voice every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We saw a very nice rally in the grain markets out of Chicago today. Soybeans, corn, and wheat all finishing higher. Grayson Close is a grain marketing specialist with Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Yeah, we've got positive markets today for a change, and that's a nice thing to see. Uh, crop rate yesterday from the USDA declining a couple points in corn and holding steady in beans, likely due to some maturity happening in the corn crop. Uh, is that it's we do get closer to that, and not really seeing any threats at this point in the weather as it is staying warm and dry up in the Midwest and no no real threat of a frost coming anytime soon. Other than that, we're going to wait around till Thursday, chop around sideways maybe uh, until Thursday when the USDA releases another WASI report and we'll see what they have to say about yield and acreage at that point. USDA will release their latest crop report Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Soybeans close with double-digit gains today. November beans up 14 and a quarter, 872. January soybeans up 13 and three quarters, 885 and three quarters. December corn up seven and a quarter, 361 and a half. March corn up seven and a quarter, 374 and a half. July wheat up eight and three quarters, 492 and three quarters. Rough rice finished higher. November rice up six and a half, 1201 and a half. January rice up five and a half, twelve seventeen and a half. November sugar unchanged, closing at twenty five point sixty five cents. Now with a look at the cotton market, here's Don Molino. Cotton futures slightly higher on Tuesday. After Monday's close, the weekly crop progress report indicated forty three percent of the U.S. cotton crop had bowls open as of September the eighth, versus the thirty seven percent average. The Cadillac A&X down 50 points on September 9th at 70.15 a pound. The weekly average for all price, 51.57, still below loan rate. New crop December cotton, 59.34, up 36. The spot market price, 58.50, up 38. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. At the Kinder Livestock Auction, Kinder, Louisiana this week, two to three weight steers brought $1.10 to $1.80 a pound. Three to four hundred pound steers, a dollar to a dollar fifty-five. Four to five hundred pound steers brought eighty-five cents to a dollar forty a pound. Five to six weight steers, eighty to a dollar twenty-five. With six to seven hundred pounders bringing seventy cents to a dollar fifteen a pound. Bread cows range from a low of three hundred fifty dollars to a high of eleven hundred a head. Cow calf pairs brought four fifty to twelve hundred a pair. The cattle futures market finished strongly higher. October live cattle up a dollar ninety-five, ninety-six fifteen. October feeder cattle up a dollar twenty-two, closing at one thirty-one oh five. Forestry is our state's number one agricultural crop. We'll check in with the Louisiana Forestry Association's executive director Buck Vandersteen to get an update on that industry. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast.
This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest today is Buck Vandersteen. He is Executive Director of the Louisiana Forestry Association. How are you doing today, Buck? Gary, I'm doing well, and thank you for the call, and hope all is well with you. Well, let's talk about some issues. I know that the Louisiana Forestry Association had their annual meeting a couple of weeks ago in Lake Charles. I saw some things in the news about that. How did the meeting go? Kerry, this was our 72nd annual convention. Uh, We met at the Golden Nugget uh, Resort and Casino, and it was a a great success. Over 500 people uh, participated, and uh, the benefit of of the meeting is certainly the fellowship, the great hotel and and resort uh, facilities, but also the topics of discussion were very pertinent to uh, our our activities in the industry. So a combination of those three items made for a very successful convention. One topic of discussion I know that happened there because I saw a news story about it, insurance rates on logging trucks and insurance for the logging industry. It's a tough, tough situation that those guys are facing right now. Tell me more about that. Well, everybody that looks at either their automobile or trucking insurance bill every every year or every six months uh, asks the question, why is Louisiana so much higher than everybody else? And that is a question that, that continues to, to uh, befuddle us. What is it about Louisiana? Uh, that that makes our insurance costs so high. And it's gotten to the point in our trucking industry and in our logging industry that uh, the premiums have, have tripled over just a couple of years. And it has forced people to, to say, I can't remain in the business. And we see loggers going out of the business every week with with just, I can't afford to be in it anymore. Well, Buck, anyone listening to this who drives down an interstate in Louisiana knows that every other billboard is for a trial lawyer. If you turn on the television, every other commercial is for a trial lawyer. We are a state, and I think a lot of folks who live here may not sometimes realize this, it isn't like that in every other state. Uh, we are a state that is just, it, we've been called a litigation hellhole by some organizations, and uh, I, I think that tag is true. And and I think you're exactly right. And there's been efforts in the legislature, and there will be efforts in future legislative sessions to address this. And it has to be a combination of, of three things. It has to be uh, working with the insurance industry. It has to be working with our judicial system. And it also has to be working with uh, 
our our safety and making sure that all of our drivers are the are the best they can be. You know, some people criticize us trying to reduce rates, thinking that well, we're not interested if people are legitimately injured. And that is certainly not the case. If someone is legitimately injured, they need to be cared for and they need to be taken care of. But, you know, some of these these uh, advertisements that we see, someone bragging about the fact that, well, my uh, lawyer got me a hundred thousand dollar settlement and they're standing on top of an 18 wheeler bragging about, you know, they being injured and getting this great claim. Now, two things there. Number one, that is not a safe thing to do. And secondly, if I'm injured, how in the world do I climb up on top of an 18 wheeler? <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it, it just, some of those things are, you, you wonder uh, about, are they really legitimate? Okay. Having said all that advertisement, uh, you know, people, people have to take that for, for what it's worth. But what we're doing as a forest industry, we're trying to make sure through programs, safety programs, uh, uh, programs like team safe trucking and, and many others, uh, with different programs, making sure that our drivers are the best qualified, that they're, they're operating safely. And, um, we, we ask the public to, you know, please recognize a log truck, uh, don't pull out in front of it, uh, realize that it's, it's carrying uh, a product and we're, educating our drivers, you know, be considerate of, of the motoring public, uh, anticipate what people will be doing, uh, anticipate what people will be doing, uh, that, that could cause an injury. And if, uh, we, we've always got to be on guard. Buck, let's switch gears here and talk about a couple of other things. I know that your organization is always trying to Look for new markets for your product. Open up new markets, new uses, uh, anything we can to help develop markets for wood. What's going on on that front right now? Well, this year we celebrated the first new sawmill built in Louisiana over the last 25 years. It was a partnership with the Hunt family of of, uh, uh, North Louisiana and a Canadian family. Uh, to build this, this sawmill. It's a 200 million board foot a year sawmill in Urania, Louisiana, which is, uh, has been the heart of the forest industry back in the early, uh, days, 1900s up into 1940s and 50s. And that complex is up and operational. And in addition to that sawmill, uh, the wood pellet uh, industry called Drax, D-R-A-X, has built a uh, wood pelletizing mill right next door. So uh, the, the uh, byproducts from the sawmill get trucked over to the pellet plant, not using public roads, but using a, a, a private driveway to the, to the next plant. And those pellets get produced, loaded on rail cars, sent all the way to Baton Rouge, and then loaded on ships that go to, to Europe. That complex has, has helped the logging industry. 
It has helped uh, the, the people in that community that were looking for good paying rural jobs. And it's also helped the landowners out there growing trees and seeing that there's a market. How important is it that we continue to develop these new markets to try to use up uh, the trees that we're growing here in Louisiana? The Louisiana Forestry Association, when we were organized in 1947, our mission was to reforest Louisiana. Well, we've been successful doing that, almost to the point now that our forests are growing more than what we take out and what dies due to natural causes. We need markets to take advantage of the resource. And when you have markets utilizing the resource, you're also providing for the health and vigor of the existing forests. You know, a forest that becomes stagnant, overcrowded, and and uh, material not being removed from it in a in a sustainable way becomes susceptible susceptible to insect infestation and and other health issues, and that's the last thing we want in in our state. We have a great resource, natural resource. We have a great labor pool. Our technical colleges, our four-year universities provide the quality of students that help this forest products industry. We just need to get industry recognizing Louisiana as a, a an important part of their forest products development. We have People talk about bad roads, but we do have access to markets through our roads. We have a good rail system. We have good waterway system. We have all the makings for really contributing to a healthy forest economy. And Buck, I think when a lot of people think about agriculture, they don't necessarily think of forestry, but forestry is our number one agricultural industry in this state and it contributes a lot to this state's economy. Tell me about that. It, it does. Uh, the, the economists at, uh, at our uh, LSU Ag Center have, have identified that there's 55,000 people out there that uh, earn a living uh, in the forest products industry. Every year, the industry generates $13 billion, with a B, to the Louisiana economy. Uh, the health of the forest uh, is dependent uh, on a healthy forest economy because not only do we get products, uh, direct products from the forest, but we get our clean air, our clean water, our recreational opportunities, our hunting and wildlife uh, uh, resources come from the forest. There are so many things that benefit from a healthy forest. And the most important thing about our forest uh, community is that most of it is owned by families like you and me that own a majority of the forest land in, in the states. Not the big companies. It's not the federal government. It's not the state government. It's family landowners that own the majority of forest land in Louisiana. And their health and their future outlook for our industry is critical to a multi-billion dollar forest products industry. It is big business. It is, we, we're just delighted to be part of a wonderful agriculture and forest uh, environment and community that we have in Louisiana. 
He's Buck Vandersteen. He is executive director of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I appreciate your time today, Buck. Thanks so much. Thank you, Kerry. And that puts the wraps on this edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Voice of LA Ag. Be sure to like our page and follow us. We keep those updated every weekday with all the latest news and happenings in Louisiana agriculture. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Carrie Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.